I V M. Hello, welcome, and khushamadeed. You're listening to the Note with me, Maharokhinayat. On this episode of the Note, I have a very, very special guest. She's a colleague, a friend, and somebody I greatly admire, Dhanya Rajendran, the editor of the digital news publication, The News Minute. She's somebody who's intrepidly worked for the past seven years in building this organization, and today the News Minute is counted amongst the very top in terms of independent media, in terms of the kind of reportage that they do. And Dhanya has been at the helm of all of this. Dhanya Rajendran, thank you so much for joining me on the note. Wonderful to have you. I remember you as this intrepid journalist. Today, you're the editor of. an independent digital news publication did you ever think dhanya that you're going to be here no definitely not i mean you are one of those people who taught me how to write scripts and how to <laughs> do a story so no i definitely did not think that i would be the editor of a website i always thought i will be uh, heading a news channel or maybe a newspaper but uh, a digital site was never uh, in my purview of things but i'm glad that it happened and that it's been going considerably well But you know, Dhania, seven years of the News Minute. I saw your tweet the other day, and I felt so proud. You know, a lot of people, even me, sometimes we talk about credibility. You know, very flippantly. Hmm. But how hard is it to really build a credible news organization day in and day out? So, Maruk, first thing, it's something which we have to keep at it on a daily basis. credibility mm-hmm. is not built just because you do one story which people like or two stories in a month it has to be a daily affair so the first step that we took is to ensure that we don't get into the rat race of breaking news which can be debunked in an hour or two or perhaps a day later right to take a step back and to verify a new story and to take the call of not carrying a story despite pressure see what happens in television is that there are many times when uh, we would get calls from the desk saying another channel is breaking this and i know personally that reporters sometimes don't get confirmation but simply because uh, the competitor has put out a story the reporters forced to give out a story two days later it's known to be fake news and you know things happen more faster now people are on social media they call out news channels faster now so the first step we took is to ensure that if we cannot confirm a story we will not report it it's okay we don't have to cover all the 10 things happening in a state we mm. can cover just two the ones that we are sure of that's the first step the second step isn't slowing down itself and i think it's it's also about going back to the basics of journalism right like i tell all my journalists not to go by whatsapp forwards it does not matter if you're 10 minutes 15 minutes late but you have to call your own source and confirm see news can be broken by any journalist mm. and once it's broken by a journalist it does not belong to them anymore it's out there how you take it forward whether you want to just copy paste what they wrote i think the main problem this whole credibility loss happened because of the competition when it comes to speed of putting out something really fast of putting out something different the moment you stop applying that kind of pressure to your journalist you can grow as an organization i believe so you know um you talk about independent media i mean whenever i hear your videos or your tweets and so on and whenever i hear you speak you know when i joined journalism and i'm sure it must have been the same for you 
we never qualified it as independent media or non-independent media. We just thought a journalistic organization will be independent in thought and free from pressures. I realized today that that was quite naive, but a lot seems to have changed. And now there is a specific, uh, you know, um, distinction being made. Why do you feel the need to say that we are independent media? So, so Maharuk, I think uh, I agree with what you said that when we worked, we mm. were naive. Mm-hmm. When I look back now, I don't know if you're independent. Mm. I see a lot of political interest in the stuff that we were made to do. For example, I believe I was a part of journalism, which deliberately looked down upon regional parties, which did everything to rip apart regional parties so that there would be a monopoly at the center and in various states also. So maybe I was naive as a young reporter, but I never saw the larger pattern behind these stories. Mm. Now I realize the larger pattern behind each one of those stories. So it's not like you do one story, you do hundred. And that's when you establish that pattern, right? Mm. You're continuously questioning only the smaller regional parties and hitting at their credibility. I'm not saying they should not be questioned. Mm. I'm simply saying that's a pattern which was built on the channel that we both worked in. Now, it's become crucial to actually say independent. I think print is independent to a large extent in India. They may not be as independent as digital, but they are definitely better than television. And a lot of it really uh, depends upon the editorial position. Second, the personal interest of the editor. Most of the news channels today are basically the character of the editor itself. Like the editor is left, editor is right, editor is center. The entire news channel becomes that. Mm-hmm. And the third thing is that media largely is advertisement driven, especially print and television. And when the government is the biggest, is one of the biggest sources of advertisement, it's no wonder then that they are not able to say a lot of things that they should be. So that way, digital is much more independent. We are not dependent on government ads. We are, we run smaller organizations. And that's the reason why I think we can afford to tell truth to power. I mean, very truthful. Like today, tomorrow, let's say digital companies grow into big organizations. Right. You also need government ads to survive. Then what happens to their independence. So I think that's also the reason why most of the digital media sites in India, which have been functioning along with us, let's say for the seven, eight years, like The Wire, Scroll, Quint, they all have opted to be be those smaller organizations. Hmm. They are not looking to become like a Times of India or Hindustan Times. Hmm. Because the smaller you stay, the more independent you can be. I mean, this is my view. Maybe they'll not agree with me. But it's harder to survive also, isn't it then, Danya? Of course, it is. In fact, See, I know that in 2020, many of the websites, I can at least speak for the news minute, we did think that we will break even in 2020. But forget breaking even, things became so bad that uh, by almost June or July, we were wondering if we can go on, which is the reason why we started the membership program. Basically, I also think that it's time that readers and viewers pay to keep news independent, that they also pay for what they read. This does not come at a small cost, right? We have to run an organization. And it's important that when you have a large section of mainstream media that does not tell you things as it is, you have to pay to keep independent media free of biases and also to ensure that they sustain and survive. So yes, uh, things have become difficult for digital media portals. Also because there is not too much investment uh, in digital media sites. There are a few foundations which give money, but there's also a lot of pressure on these foundations not to give money to mm. some of the websites. So there are a lot of problems, mm. but I would like to see the glass half full and uh, think that things will become better. Well, that's Dhanya for you, always been like that. Uh, but tell me, 
between being called a prostitute and godi media and all these other uncomplimentary terms how do you keep the morale of your team up on a daily basis it must bring them down sometimes you do a story that goes either way right what is your mantra for your team and for yourself so i think the uh, it cells of various political parties especially the bjp which is which has mastered this art have overdone this mm. we have reached a level where we are immune to this now in the beginning we used to get very affected i mean i remember times when i've told the younger people on my team not to look at twitter notifications i told them don't go to the news minute uh, uh twitter handle today and look at notifications because it it used to really affect them it used to affect me too mm. but i think these guys have really overdone it to the extent that we realize it's a very mechanical it's a very organized thing it is not it is not any kind of organic anger i mean i am okay with people being organically angry with a news story mm. they feel that we have not reported something right and they call us out in perhaps terms which are not at all flattering i'm fine with that mm. but when it cells of political parties or film actors come behind you in a very mechanical way where you know that a particular story has been sent to their whatsapp group with hundreds and thousands of people and they're simply told go behind this journalist go behind this organization you understand that this is just an agenda and i think over time journalists have realized that the only problem is when this kind of online trolling transcends into threats which a lot of journalists do face for example uh, the other day barkha dat was uh, telling our group how her number has been leaked and she is getting calls neha dikshit had a, a stalker or an attacker coming to her house this is really scary there was a video recently of a man who said hang these journalists and many others supporting him including right. people from the ruling party that is scary so online trolling i'm not saying we should we should uh, dismiss in any way it is a real threat online trolling is an online abuse is a real problem but it becomes a bigger problem when it become evolves into physical threats so i remember in the newsrooms that i have worked in uh, there was a disproportionate obsession with news from the north and the hindi heartland per se and the south was largely ignored is that where this germ came to focus on news from the south is that where it came from of course there is absolutely no doubt about it in fact there were two or three instances when i i mean i used to believe at that time the times now was better of the lot because mm-hmm. they used to focus on the southern states more than uh, the other channels or maybe it was just because they used to get better news from southern states by the end of it i realized that i am not just a reporter i am a marketing agent it's mm-hmm. not enough that i give a story i have to sensationalize and sex up the story so much i have to give beautiful tickers which will actually catch the attention but two or three instances really hassled me and i decided this is this is not worth it one was the death of savita halappanavar she is from belgaum in karnataka she died in ireland and you know it led to an anti uh, uh, to a pro abortion law in ireland it was a big moment in ireland uh, the second uh, uh, was i think the death uh, the over coverage of certain stories for example if it suits a particular narrative you overcover that story and then you ignore everything else right i still remember there was violence in the madras high court i think it was in 2008 or 9 i can't remember and my camera person uh, and me were one of the one of the first television crews to land up at the madras high court and he got hit a stone was thrown at him and he was bleeding and still they were not cutting live to us and i remember screaming saying that what is the point of sending us here what is the pointing of us putting our lives at risk when you are not even cutting to the visual and i bet if the same thing had happened in bombay or delhi there would be five reporters reporting live 
So that's the kind of treatment which news from the South got. South is way better. Look at the importance for news from East or West. Hmm. You know, what has your assessment been in these seven years? What kind of stories do readers actually want to read? I think it's a query that will, uh, you know, confound people for the longest time, especially marketers. But as a journalist, where do you see is the interest of the youth per se or the young India? So I think there is no consistency in what they want to read. The youth or even, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be 40, but I consider myself youth. So there's no consistency uh, in what people read. That's one problem. For example, when there is a Chennai flood or there is a flood in Bangalore, for the next one month, everyone will read about the environment. Hmm. After that, that's the environment is forgotten. Anything can happen to the environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Rohit Vemula died, I think for around three to four months, there was a lot of interest in reading about issues related to Dalit, Dalit community. But see, Rohit Vemula's death also made it more mainstream for people to write about it. And I think we see that impact even today, so many years after his death. So there are some issues that people keep reading. Uh, see, entertainment, cricket, astrology are all constants. There's A, B, C, D of news, right? Which is astrology, Bollywood, cricket and death. Hmm. These are four things that people keep reading. But other than that, there is sporadic interest in things. There is, of course, a lot of interest in politics. But I think it also depends from news organization to organization. People prefer to read a certain kind of news stories from one organization and another one. But as an editor, all that I can say is that while running a website, you have to understand that you will have to cover stories which you feel are beneath you or why should I be doing this story? But the point is you need clicks. You are not running a charity uh, house here. So you have to, you have to make sure people come to your website, but you need to have a ratio and Mm. you need to have a Lakshman Rekha of what you will not cross. Like I would never be a Times of India, which puts 20 pictures of someone clad in a bikini somewhere or uh, 20 pictures of this person's affair with various people over the years. So what is what is your, your limit beyond which you will not, your ethical standards, that is one. And second is this realization that there are some things you will have to do. People will keep criticizing you, but you have to make sure your organization survives. So you cannot have double standards over it. And you should also know that viewers and readers in India are very hypocritical. They will keep telling you, why are you covering this entertainment story? But I know they're clicking on it. <laughs> they will share the political story and the environment story, but they were not reading. <laughs> Good to know that. Uh, so, Dani, I was talking to Veer Sangvi last week and I said, are you scared of the knock on the door? And by that, I mean, you know, uh, we have seen more than enough instances of journalists being persecuted for uh, the opinion they have or the news they report on. Do you have that fear? Do I have a fear? No, I have nothing to fear. But the other day, there was an ED raid on one of the members of Digipub Foundation. I mean, he runs a website called the News Click. Mm. The the raid went on for 100 hours or 120 hours. Mm. I have two cats and a dog. Mm. I have actually been thinking, how will I be stuck at home with them and not take them out for a walk? So I do have concerns like that. As long as my books are clear, I don't have anything to fear. I mean, yes, do I expect some IT or ED to come knocking? And IT is already done. Uh, maybe ED will. But the point is, all that cannot bog you down as, your, as a journalist or as someone running an organization. These are things which can happen under any regime, perhaps this regime more than the other. But you have to take it in your stride. And there are people who keep telling me, why do you keep doing this? Why can't you look for another job? I mean, you can't change uh, the country. You can't change how your own father thinks, uh, you know, or your neighbor, neighbors think, so why are you doing this? 
if everyone started thinking the same way, then we would never see any change, right? I mean, I'm not saying that I can or the News Minute can or you can change even 20 or 30 people in the course of our professional lives. But we have to keep trying, no matter what the risks are. You also have a very young team, right? What do the young, do they still believe in the idea of journalism, given how the credibility index for journalists has gone down? Is that still there, that fire to yes report? Because there's so many versions out there and it's so difficult to sift the truth from the false. I think definitely my team, they understand that we are here to tell important stories, to talk about important issues. So there is a fire in them, no doubt. But I think what has changed, Maharuk, is, for example, I have unlearned a lot in the last few years because of the young team and they are more inclusive. So they have very different perspectives from what we had about journalism, about how to do a story. So they keep vetoing my suggestions most of the time. And uh, about working like donkeys, I mean, if that's a good way to say, like we used to work, I I remember Maharuk used to work almost every day. She (laughs) hardly slept. And she would be there from morning to night. I, I was no, I did not do as much as her, but I was also equally bad. And I took pride in the fact that I, uh, I just availed four days leave for my own wedding. Yes, but today, the young that. people working in my team have taught me that there's nothing to feel proud about it. That your personal life is as important as your professional life, and you know you should know how to balance. And that they are not slaves of any organization. Wow, that's great to hear. Yeah, so I think these are things that they have taught me. That to, uh, that to respect other people's timings, that they, when they log off, they log off, stuff like that. I mean, I am still finding it very difficult when people log off and don't respond after that. But I, I am trying to adapt. <laughs> I know what you mean. I have a very young team too and I'm, I'm learning the same lessons and I'm trying to change. As old as I am, but I'll still have a try and change. But, you know, on social media, we see people becoming experts overnight. Every other person has a YouTube channel and they start talking about, opining about news. And a lot of times people take that opinion as facts, right? How difficult does it become then as a news organization to still continue and stay relevant? Because people suddenly are looking at influencers as newsmakers and news gatherers and, you know, givers in that sense. It is very difficult. In fact, if you put out a news story, some 50 people tell you, but this guy said on his Facebook post that this is not so. Or the other person said on his YouTube channel. See, but we cannot compete with that, Maruk. I mean, we have to take it out of our heads. Two things. One, an organization like the News Minute cannot compete with the Hindu or the Indian Express or the Times of India. Simply because they have much larger resources. They have been around for decades and decades. And people trust them more. Maybe the trust has eroded over time, but people do trust them more and turn turn to them more, like even NDTV, right? First thing, you cannot compete with them, the big mainstream organizations. Second, you should not and compete with the guys on social media who are giving out opinions because once you fall into the trap of looking at those videos, debunking them, challenging them, then you will not be doing your own job. Right. All that you will do is spend time on countering other narratives. So you have to be very clear. You put out things which you have confirmed yourself. You have followed certain journalistic norms in doing that. And that's it. You know, there are so many distractions as a journalist. I mean, every time we put out a story, there will be some other YouTube video, some Facebook post, and we are really uh, scampering to see whether we should include that angle too. Hmm. But I think over time, all of us have matured to understand that there is only this much that you should take from social media or what is being discussed. The rest of it has to come from you following basic journalistic norms. 
And when you talk of basic journalistic norms, I want to talk about fake news. Huge menace, right? Has there been a, an incident where you actually fell for it or somebody from your team fell for it? And what are the countermeasures that you take? Thankfully, we have had this instance only once, which I can remember. A few years ago, we put out a wrong story saying people were Googling for PV Sindhu's cast. I mean, 100 people were Googling. We thought it's uh, 1 lakh. Hmm. So because our mathematics was wrong. <laughs> but after that, maybe there have been small instances. Hmm. There have not been any big instances that I remember where we went completely wrong on a story. Hmm. Which is primarily because I told you that we don't insist on speed anymore. Right. Speed can take a backseat, but fake news is a huge menace. And, you know, this is not something which can be fought by news organizations. For example, uh, if there is a fake news story which goes viral on WhatsApp, it's immediately copied in languages, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's not just in English. It's made into Hindi, Tamil, Malayalam, whichever language it is. There is no way that any news organization can really counter that. You have a lot of fact checkers. Even their reach is not good enough. I think it has to be a combined effort from fact checkers, from news organizations, from governments. Like in the South, for example, all the five states have fact checking departments in their government. I don't even know what they do. Except for fact checking, maybe two stories a month. They all have staff members of five to ten. They can do much more, but they don't. Hmm. They only do things which are uh, politically, uh, I mean, political fake news if it impacts their chief minister or maybe something which is communal, but beyond that, they don't try. So it has to be a combined effort because the way in the speed in which fake news travels and the amount of people it covers in India and Indians abroad, it's just downright scary. And to counter that, we need a robust system, which we do not have. That's a a sobering thought. Finally, Dhanya, I know seven years of uh, the News Minute. I know you need subscribers and uh, I constantly pitch for your case, but I want you to make uh, uh, your pitch to the limited viewers and listeners of The Note. Tell them why they should subscribe to the News Minute. The News Minute is a fiercely feminist organization. When I say fiercely feminist, we are feminist in our stories. We believe that you know, when we when it comes to women, we should not leave it just covering sexual violence or misogyny or patriarchy. We talk about education, about health, about basic rights of women and children too. We are an organization that believes in not covering all the news stories, but a few ones that we think the viewers should be aware of, the readers should know about. And uh, till now, I think we have stuck to the, this this core ideal of ours. And hopefully we will become better at it. As readers and viewers, you have a lot of options in front of you. You have a lot of news organizations that you may believe in or not. Over time, I urge you to at least pay money to become subscribers or members of at least two to three organizations per year. It's not too much of a cost. It's like going to a coffee shop and having a coffee. But imagine that one membership or subscription can help that news organization And in turn, they can help you to read, to access news, which is independent. And most importantly, it speaks truth to power. Wonderful. Danya, thank you so much for being on The Note. Wonderful chatting with you and thank you for your insights. Thank you. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. 
You can also follow us on our social media. We are at the rate IVM podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to me, I'm Maharu Khinayat on Twitter and Maharu Khinayat on Instagram as well.